Well, this is a Sunday that we've been trying to get together for uh, some time with COVID. Things have been disrupted, and uh, uh, we have, the Sunday has finally arrived where the Harrises could join us on a Sunday morning. Yes. And uh, we're excited about that. Last time they were here uh, for a service was in my home. We were doing a Facebook Live as they were sharing about uh, Whitney and her, her testimony, incredible testimony. If you haven't heard that, uh, go to our church website or our, our church Facebook page and go back to March and uh, hear that, te that incredible testimony. It is amazing. But uh, Garen and Susan, they really no, need no introduction. They have been part of our church for how many years? 30 years? 22, 22, I think. 20, no, I've been here 22 years. <laughs> and you, and you, came, you, came, you came back from Washington, D.C. at the time. That's true. And you guys had a reputation in our church before Washington, D.C. So how many years was that? I've lost track. So. You've lost track. Okay. Well, uh, you guys are all in for a treat. Uh, they have been in Togo for the last 10 years, full-time, 15? Uh, 2012, we left. 2012, okay. So uh, eight years, but uh, have been working in Togo for a long time with uh, Well Ministry. So without any further ado, Garen and Susan, who's going to go? Garen? Okay. Come on up. Please give Garen a warm... And welcome. Thank you, Bill, for that. Really appreciate being here. I'm disappointed that we won't have the Ravens because this is so much like home in Togo for us, being outdoors and without the interruptions, a herd of goats, chickens, what have you, especially when we get to a fine point in the gospel. It seems like it happens every time. I'll still wait for those ravens, Bill. So. <laughs> it's always good to be back here in Ridgecrest. Uh, we used to call this Rocket Park. Does it still go by that name? You know, Rocket Park, that's our kids. Yeah. Played here all the time. Uh, we have a lot of special memories here. So it's really, I never thought we'd be speaking here like this, but uh, it's a pleasure nonetheless. The, uh, I want to appreciate, uh, I appreciate all of you being here. I appreciate your prayers for making sure the temperatures were high enough that we could feel at home also because <laughs> that was a special treat, especially coming in Friday night and where we were staying, the air conditioning was out and uh, like Susan and I said, well, we're getting ready for Togo, you know, we'll sweat through the night and that all works right. fine by us. So anyway, thank you for that. Uh, you've been our sending church from the beginning, and we couldn't do what we do without you. And so uh, we uh, joined ABWE in 2010, and we departed in April of 2012. You've been with us every step of the way. You've sent teams. Many of you here have been there, and we appreciate you so much. We thank you for that. And so... Uh, again, being able to do what we do to see what God's done, it's because of you, because of the prayers of the faithful, the support that you've given, and uh, we're just uh, so appreciative. Uh, we're heading into our third term. Coming up next month, we go back to Togo. That'll be the beginning of our third term. A term is four years long, and uh, this time we will shorten it to about two years. We'll come back after two years 
in 2022 and stay here for six months. As our parents get older, our kids get older, we get older, a uh, six-month break will be um, better than uh, taking a year. So anyway, we'll be back in 2022, and that's what our plan is, and then we'll reevaluate where God's leading at that time, because I know many of you ask. In the meantime, I'm expecting to see many of you there with us in Togo. So uh, for those of you that are new to this church and maybe don't know us, uh, just a brief history on uh, Togo. It's a small country there in West Africa, wedged between Ghana and Benin. It's a uh, country of about 7 million people. And uh, the uh, area where we work in northern Togo is in the 1040 window. That's 10 degrees above latitude to 40 degrees. That hosts the most unreached people groups in the world. There are 13 people groups in our immediate area. That's 13 different languages, with French being the common language. And so uh, we work in a uh, predominant uh, group of, um, this is probably going out on the web, so I'll just say there's a uh, majority religion in the area that we work in, and uh, that presents its own set of challenges. But by God's grace, we have seen uh, God do wondrous things there. And so. Anyway, uh, that particular world religion, about 85% tile there in the area that we live in, Mongo. Our ministries consist of evangelism and discipleship, first and foremost. Uh, water development that I'm involved in. And then the uh, Hospital of Hope, that is our biggest tool of ministry outreach. Uh, we have a 68-bed hospital, over 63 acres. Uh, we just have seen our 60,000th patients after five years. That's 60,000 plus now patients after five years. And uh, it has had a tremendous outreach into the villages. And so that combined with our radio station and the water ministry has um, really allowed us to uh, work that area for the glory of God in so many different areas. Uh, we now have 24 house churches. Five years ago, there were none. Now these house churches might consist of only five people, but uh, nonetheless, they are a house church, a cell group in and of themselves. We have a prison ministry, and uh, we've also taken on a new five-year program on training Togolese believers in the areas of uh, biblical hermeneutics, the interpretation of scripture in order for them to go into the villages and to uh, develop their own uh, leadership techniques and styles. And the Togolese absolutely love that course. We bring people in from the states to teach it. Uh, leadership Resources International is the organization, and they do a phenomenal group. And so the Togolese Christian leaders are just come away ecstatic after going through a week-long course. So that's a five-year program. We've done Esther and Ruth and Daniel, and so we've got several more books to do that we'll exegete and use our hermeneutics in um, uh, order to uh, propagate the word. The well ministry is going extremely well, and so I have uh, was able, when I went back in February of this year, February and March, was uh, there were uh, political uh, presidential elections taking place in the country, and in time there is that 
there's always trouble that follows. I told the team when we left last September that I would come back because in case we did have to evacuate, that I would be there. And uh, oddly enough, it was the most peaceful election on history in the country of Togo. And for some reason, uh, God graced us in that area. But uh, when I was there, I was able to get 10 wells drilled. And that was a blessing in and of itself in 10 different villages. And when and then I have a list of 10 more that I need to drill back here in September. So that's uh, I worked with the Togolese believers and chaplains, and we determined which area is ripe for the gospel. And that's where we go in to drill a well to provide the physical water in order to share the living water. And so we've seen a lot of fruit from that type of ministry. I'd ask that you continue to pray for that. Because we've drilled 30-plus wells over the last five years, the well account is dry, and if you know or want to participate in that, please let me know. Uh, it's People have asked, and it's a route. When I do a lump of tin wells, that's drilling the borehole, casing it, the piping, the pumps, the surrounding wall, and all of that. I can do a single village for $5,000. That provides 500 people water for 10 years. So um, when I do a group of 10 like that, I can get that price. And that's a pretty incredible price compared to what most drilling standards are. So I ask that you continue to pray for that. Uh, it's allowed us to reach about 15,000 people that would not have heard the gospel otherwise over the last five years. Uh, I'm thankful for one of my uh, co-workers in that area who is part of the world religion that's in that area. I continue to pray for him. He hears the gospel message uh, every time we drill. In fact, prior to him and I entering into our arrangement, I told him, I said, you know, Alessani, uh, you're this and I'm that, and uh, maybe that's not going to work so well. And he goes, Papa. Papa, that's they name all older people, so I'm definitely Papa. <laughs> uh, he says, Papa, that doesn't, I, that, I, it's not my concern. He goes, I just want to help. I want to help the people and be with you. And so now he makes a point to gather up all the people in the village to come hear the prayer, to come hear the message. And uh, he's hearing it more than any of them. And so anyway, continue to pray for my worker, Alessani. I really appreciate him. At this time, I'd like to ask my wife, Susan, to come up and she can share about the hospital ministry. Uh, Susan's in, I'm not in full uniform, by the way, because I would never wear shorts out in town or in a village, but I'm in Ridgecrest. So when in Ridgecrest, do as Ridgecrestians do, but Susan's in full uniform, so. Darren stole my line. I was going to say that because... Uh, this is our typical dress, and for me, uh, always long dresses to the ankles. And so if it's even above our ankles, we're on each other. As teammates, we're saying, especially for us as Americans, we really want to um, be mindful of the culture, um, of the religion there. And so this is our typical dress. And except for Darren, would never wear shorts. So he's cheating today. He should have worn long pants. So, <laughs> but anyway, um, so great to be with you. And... Uh, as I read more and more about um, just God's work and how he desires so much for us to proclaim, proclaim what he has been doing, what he has done, 
uh, in his work all over the world. So we are so thankful today to be able to be able to share with you what God is doing. And as I was sitting there and listening to the music and the worship, so thankful for that. One thing we do miss is our own um, way of worship and uh, singing in different languages. Sometimes we're not singing even in French. It might be a different language depending on where we are. And so, uh, so thankful to be able to just uh, worship the Lord with you and hear messages in English over this past year. And even in spite of COVID, we've just been so encouraged to uh, be here. Uh, but one thing I had shared, I want to share with you is uh, one of my teammates who I work with really closely, she sent me a message. She said, uh, these are two songs in Eve. As you know, churches are closed, but this is the one family from Adeda, which is in the south, a mom who is a nurse and a dad who is a math teacher, plus their three kids, and a single nurse who is a good friend of theirs. They have been meeting in the family's home for a service every Sunday during COVID. They usually send me copies of their singing on Sunday afternoon. I love it, and I know you will too. And I just wanted to play a little clip because I am so encouraged by this family and the brothers and sisters in Togo that continue to worship God, even if it's just their families together uh, during COVID, because uh, they're mindful of the government and what the restrictions that are in place, but they're continuing to worship with just them. So I thought it'd be fun just to listen just to um, a few minutes, not a few minutes, just quickly a song from them in Ebe. That's just a little clip of what they're um, singing, and all, most of all their songs they sing are hymns, which the early, early missionaries long, long ago uh, brought and had translated, and so it's fun to uh, even sing those in French because we know them in English, so uh, it's just encouraging for me, uh, as Sharon sent that to me, to think, wow, they're still praising God, and um, even just with their family, so thankful for that. Um, but Garen wanted me to share a little bit about our, our hospital, and he mentioned it's a 68-bed hospital, 100, over 160, 170 employees, and uh, that's a huge outreach in itself. Um, we as missionaries try to invest in the employees, try to um, engage with a few of them at a time, and just try to build, develop relationships with them. And um, through the hospital, Garen mentioned how the outreach has been phenomenal really. There are more and more patients that leave that say please come back to our village because we've not heard in the name of Jesus. We don't, we've never heard what, you, what you've been teaching us and please come. And so we're praying for more and more church planters, chaplains, because we have um, six Togolese chaplains on staff and that's not enough. And so we're just praying that God will provide more people to go out and share with them and start studies there. And um, through the hospital, we have the chaplains that go and visit each of the patients every day. They go and pray and just encourage them, and they're very receptive to that. So we, what makes our hospital so different is that we provide uh, compassionate care. And most of the hospitals in Togo are um, 
you're just in and out. You're not really cared for, um, really in a way that people that people sense. You know, I the, the healing that not only the physical healing but even emotional, mental, spiritual healing is there. So our hospital really tries to make a difference through the help of the Holy Spirit to touch the lives of the people. And uh, so most of the I was just going to mention about the. Um, the desk there, and for many of the, many of the missionaries, especially the short-term missionaries, come the young nurses that come and help us. The hardest thing for them is to see the death every day. We see death, especially at this time of year. Malaria is prevalent during the rainy season, and right now malaria is very prevalent. That's the number one killer there. Uh, we have a lot of snake bites, a lot of burns with the kids, and one uh, one one. Um, young man that came back to our hospital. He, well, he wasn't a young man, he was a young boy. And he was 10 years old with 60, 70% burns all over his body from a faraway village. So he ended up staying with us for over three months. And uh, he, we were wondering if he would even make it through it because it was, he, he had such bad, bad burns. So he came back and was so thankful. And just after his treatment, after three months, he came back to the nurse's station and just wanted to make sure that he would just say goodbye to everyone that was there. And he said, um, I happened to be at the station, praise the Lord, that day. And uh, he was just thanking everybody and telling us he was leaving. And so I was just uh, thinking about this young little boy and his, his joy and just his countenance being so different. And I said to him, so... During your time here, I said, what is something that um, you've learned? You know, the chaplains have been coming every day to talk to you about this Jesus, and they've been praying with you. You now have a healed body. Uh, what have you thought about all that? So as he went on to talk about it, I realized, wow, he doesn't really understand it completely and clearly. And so I gathered some of the to other Togolese around me, and I said, um, can you, one of the other ones, and I said, can you help uh, translate, can you help uh, try to explain this to him? And so he tried to also um, explain this in French, and he wasn't having very good luck either. The little boy, was his maternal language was another language. So I thought, wow, I just really need to, we, can we find somebody else? And so I looked around, I was looking for other um, nurses around there, and uh, we found someone that spoke his language, another nurse's aide. So Joseph came over and just had a beautiful time to explain to him what the good news was, who Jesus was, and he was able to recite back uh, to us what it meant. And I said, so now when you go back to your village, I said, uh, you know, what? It, I think that God brought you here just for this, and now you get to go back and tell your, your villagers, your family, and your friends this Jesus whom you've met. And so he was just smiling and so encouraged. And those are the things that happen along my days to keep to keep me there, to know that God is with us. And uh, no matter what we see every day, no matter how hard the days are, uh, God is so faithful, and he'll bring people and bring in circumstances like that along the way and just to encourage us as missionaries. And so um, I just wanted to share that with you and um, just thanking God for your prayers and your your faithfulness to us, and God is faithful, and um, we're so thankful for that. Amen. Thank you, Susan. This past uh, term in particular, we really focused on experiencing God's grace, remembering his faithfulness, and continuing in perseverance. And it's not been easy to 
persevere with joy in all situations. And we've always had to come back to remember how faithful God is and how his grace has sustained us through it. Um, you, you know, most of you know at least the story of our youngest daughter, Whitney. And if you haven't had the opportunity to see her video, please, please do so. It's kind of throughout the web. Bill mentioned the church website, but there's other places where she's actually speaking live also. But it's um, a ph phenomenal testimony of God's forgiveness, redemption, and grace. And so uh, that dealing with that when we were 8,000 miles away was obviously difficult. But just in the environment that we're in, the challenges uh, with the nationals, with the uh, particular people groups, uh, with the team, with uh, just the issues of living in the uh, third world country uh, were very dominant these last three, four years in particular. And one verse that really spoke to us is in Col Colossians 1.11. Be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have great endurance and patience with joy. And I'm thinking how applicable a verse is that today in our country where we see ourselves faced with the same types, different types, but same challenges with, with a pandemic, a pandemic that's encompassing the world at this point. The relational aspects that have come from that are the fallout or lack of relational aspects. The finances, the church in general, the violence, the justice. It's, it's something that we always have to go back to scripture and that's one verse that I want to share with you in particular that's, uh, that's helped us tremendously over the years. Uh, there is a story though recorded in Luke chapter 5 verses 1 through 11 that I would like to read. If you have your Bibles, if you'd like to go there with me, I know you know the story, many of you know it very well, but I believe this really supports the idea of perseverance and maybe some of us can identify with Peter more so than others, but let's just turn to that passage and read. In Luke chapter 5, verse 1, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put it out a little from shore. Then he sat down and talked to people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he had said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore and left everything and followed him. Now this story has a 
lots of ramifications, but <coughs> no doubt Peter was very discouraged that evening after being out all night. And it's hard work doing that type of fishing. And all night long, nothing. He was exhausted and I'm sure dejected. And maybe there are times that he felt, you know, I'm done with this. I'm just throwing it in. And haven't we been there at times? I know I have been. Maybe over the last three to four years in particular, I said, you know what? I'm done. That's it. And yet, he persevered. He persevered and he listened to what Jesus said. And I have to, I would love to have been there only to see what Peter's face looked like when Jesus said, let me get in your boat. He doesn't know who Jesus is. But let me get in your boat and I'm going to go out and teach for a little while. And, you know, Peter's probably not in the best of spirits to begin with, but yet Jesus says, yeah, I've got your boat and teach. And he did. And then of all things, he tells Peter to go back out and try again. And I don't, you know, God put his word together for our purposes, but it should be interesting to see what else was going on there with expressions and so forth. And so anyway, um, after Jesus had told Simon to go out into the deep water, knowing that he was skeptical and exhausted, yet he did that. He obeyed. And that's when Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men. And they followed him. And there are certain aspects of this story that really ring true, especially in a third world country where agriculture is key, fishing, farming, um, general services, you know, the general trades type services. It brings a lot of these stories into uh, to, uh, fruition or to uh, realism, as many of you that have traveled there and have lived with us can testify to. But I'm reminded of a village that one of the chaplains, uh, Dudoné, his name means God-given. He had come from this village very far away. It was close to the Benin border. And he's gone, gone. And delete that part, please. Anyway, it's a, a village that's very remote and hostile to the uh, gospel. And so he wanted me to go out with him and to his village because he felt there would be the ability to start a study there. And so I didn't want to go because it was so far away. It was logistically not the right thing to do. There were all kinds of excuses or reasons I could come up with that, you know, how are we going to follow through with this and so forth. And I go, but I'll go out there with you. you know? And so we did. And we made the point to go out. And it took forever to get there, right on the Benin border. And I looked around and I thought, Dudoné, there's absolutely nothing in this village that has any kind of uh, religious significance. I mean, there's there's not a mosque, there's not a church, a Catholic church, there's not, there's just nothing here. And I go, how can this be? I mean, why isn't there at least something here? And Dudoné turned to me and he said, maybe God was waiting for us to be here. And you know, that kind of hit me. It hit me pretty hard, actually, and I'm thinking... Woe to me for thinking things such as logistics and timing and my time and effort and the cost. and So uh, things being what they are, we followed suit. We talked to the villagers, the chief. They were open to conducting studies there in their village. And uh, we were able to, by God's grace, go out there and able to drill a very successful well. And the villagers now have that. 
And now, and uh, they reassured me and reinformed me that they now trust us, which was the other reason why there was nothing absolutely there is because they people had gone there apparently in the past, but they were not trustworthy. So um, the snag of me not wanting to go because of the logistics and the cost and everything that was involved was just that it was a snag. The same type of snags that I'm sure Peter encountered that night without any fish. And so um, by overcoming that and persevering, uh, God has blessed it mightily. And so I just want to encourage you that whatever snag or whatever obstacle or whatever's preventing you from maybe reaching out to that neighbor, that family member, that difficult person who you may know or work with, uh, COVID pandemic, which has caused a lot of isolation and separation, consider that a snag as well. Maybe let's do what Peter did, and let's follow the one who sees and gives all. And so that's really what I wanted to just share with you today. I just encourage you to go deeper, especially during a time when there's a lot of fear and that element is around us, whether it be with the violence, with the pandemic, what have you. Uh, Go deeper, go deeper with the nets down. Uh, as I close, I just want to have you, I would ask that you pray for us as we end our time in the States. It's been a challenging furlough, as I imagine and you can imagine. Uh, with all that's going, our schedule completely went out the window when COVID hit. And so uh, we're grateful for the opportunity to be here with you today. But it's been a challenging furlough, to say the least. And so... I just pray that as we end our time here in the States that we do finish well. Uh, as we say goodbye to family, loved ones, to you, uh, goodbyes just get harder. It's one thing that certainly doesn't get easier. And uh, as I've said in the last 10 years, I've said more hellos and goodbyes than at any time in my life. And I don't see that uh, getting any better in the near future. So pray with us during that. Uh, Susan will be with, I'm leaving from here to go to Seattle. Susan will go see my mom. Susan will go to California to see her mom. So uh, be with, uh, pray with us as we see our family members and immediate family members for the last time as well. And then uh, the well account that I mentioned. I'm, I came here with the purpose, came to the States with the purpose of hoping to rebuild that account. And uh, it hasn't been too successful. So do pray for that, that God raises up the right people at the right time to drill the wells that need to be drilled yet to reach the people. And so uh, also our re-entry into Togo, the logistics that the pandemic has caused has wreaked havoc. And so there's a lot that needs to be done in order to return to Togo before next month. So I would just ask that you pray for that as well. And uh, with that in mind, I don't have anything else. Uh, if I can, I'd just like to pray. Thank you again. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. We thank you for being our God and Savior. Lord, we thank you for being the Lord that we can trust, who tells us to go out deeper, Lord, and to let our nets down so that we might be fishers of men. Lord, and we pray for those that are here and that are struggling, that whatever that case might be, we don't know, Lord, but you know. We just pray, Lord, for your grace. 
pray for your redemption, for your reconciliation, whatever it might be. God, we give that up to you, knowing that you are a supreme Lord and God who loves us, who has given us that unmerited gift of salvation. God, we praise you and thank you for that. I ask that you continue to be with this church, be with Emmanuel, Lord, as they negotiate and uh, circumvent the situation that we find ourselves in today, Lord, and continue to bless the body, continue to grow the church, Lord. Allow us to be the church that reaches the lost for you. We thank you, God, for the privilege and honor that we can praise and worship you out in this environment, Lord. We thank you, God, for that. I ask that you be with each family member here. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Susan, why don't you come on up here because we want to pray for both you and, and Garen. And Garen, thank you for that uh, message on perseverance. Um, we know that Jesus is our greatest example of what it means to persevere. But uh, we know that uh, it takes a lot for you guys to persevere where you're at in Togo. And uh, you, um, you exemplify that message that you brought to us very well. So thank you for those words. That we all will uh, persevere, be be what Christ would have us to be uh, during this uh, challenging time uh, in this community. But uh, if you uh, want to contribute to the ministry, uh, in the well ministry in particular, if you're listening by Facebook, uh, I want to encourage you to uh, be in contact with uh, Garen. Uh, you can get in contact with uh, us at the church office as we can direct, direct you as to how you can contribute uh, to this well ministry. So $5,000 per well, and you have 10 wells that you need to drill ASAP. So 10 times 5, $50,000, okay? So uh, that's not possible for God, amen? amen. So uh, let's be a part of that miracle, church. And uh, so, yeah, we want to pray for the goodbyes that they will be uh, sharing, especially with family and with two grandchildren in the, in the States now. I know that those uh, goodbyes will be difficult. And uh, we want to pray for Alasuni, Alasani, that uh, he would come to know Christ. And, uh, and Susan, your mom has cancer, correct? And Garen, how's your mom doing? She's doing well. Okay, so we need to be praying for Susan's mom, who's uh, struggling with cancer these days, and uh, and just their their kids that uh, they will do well while mom and dad are overseas. Okay, but we love you guys, and uh, uh, it's a blessing that we can share in your ministry. So uh, let's let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's pray for for their ministry. Father, thank you that um, God. You have called them to this task. And, uh, and Lord, you have equipped them. And God, how you are blessing. It's amazing the thousands of people who have come through this hospital and have heard the good news of the gospel and, uh, Lord, have uh, experienced the healing touch of Jesus Christ through doctors and nurses. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you would continue to make that testimony a God of who you are in that community, very strong. Thank you for, Lord, the lighthouse that this, this hospital is. Thank you for the chaplains that you've called who have gone out 
and uh, are pastoring over these house churches. And Lord, how the gospel is continuing to be spread and, and the wells that have been dug. And, and Lord, how that has blessed uh, thousands of people uh, in this uh, in this territory. Lord, we're trusting you for the resources that Garen uh, needs to, to raise in order to go back to Togo and, and uh, dwell drill these wells ASAP and uh, Lord you you are a God who can provide and that this is not impossible for you so help him in raising these funds and uh, that uh, the resources will be there that this job might be um, accomplished and Lord we pray for Alisoni and uh, Lord the gospel that he's heard and Lord his receptivity and how he just keeps coming back and Lord I pray that uh, you would just uh, un unveil his eyes, drop the scales from his eyes, that he would see Jesus. And, uh, Lord, that he would be all in uh, because of the gospel, and for your and because of your grace, and, Lord, how you set him free from the bondage of sin and death. And so uh, we're just trusting you for that relationship. Lord, for the, the goodbyes that have to be shared um, in the next, uh, the next month. Lord, you know how difficult that is. But uh, thank you for the relationships that they have with uh, so many people, not only here in Ridgecrest, but across this country. Uh, Lord, just uh, encourage them, especially their children, as they say goodbye to them and their grandkids. Lord, we pray for Susan's mom. We pray for her time this month with her. Lord, we don't know the number of days that she has left, but you do. And I pray that this time that Susan has with her will be very precious. And God, you'll be very real in her life. But uh, Lord, thank you for uh, this opportunity we've had to hear their story that you continue to write and the amazing things that you're doing. And Lord, I thank you that as a, as a church that we have the privilege, the opportunity to come alongside them in ministry as we give. And so bless them and we thank you for our time we've had together this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you very much, Bill, for that. Appreciate it you all again. Uh, just to let you know, Fred has put on the Facebook, the manual Facebook site, the, there's a five minute, four and a half minute video there that we would show if we had the means to show it here, we would show it and it uh, just uh, depicts our ministry. Uh, don't worry, we're not talking in it, so you don't, you'll be fine. It's, uh, I think you'll see what we're all about in doing our ministry there. There is an impersonator in that video. There's someone dancing around the wells. It looks like me, but it's not me. It's not a Southern Baptist sanctioned video. So anyway, um, please go to the website. Uh, it'll be on the church website tomorrow, but it's on Facebook now. So.